You are now listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Doc, sharing insights through real, honest, and practical ways to improve your communication and relationships. Featuring your hosts, Dr. Pamela Kreiser, Meredith Edwards Nagel, and Taylor Polindo. <laughs> I feel like this beer is really hit. Okay. Me. <laughs> so, so we're all definitely not drinking coffee tonight because we're doing some real talk. Yes. So, so we probably should tell them what real talk is. It's, it's no I was say something really inappropriate. So for real talk, our concept was to go back and review a few different episodes that were the most popular with all of you who listen to us regularly. We start by thanking you for being our regular listeners. And tonight we're going to talk about defensiveness again. Okay, because this is something I really do. I go back and listen to our episodes because I actually do want to grow and improve these skills. And I think listening to it one time, even talking about it one time doesn't really work. Maybe Mm -hmm. not perfected all of these skills. So I'm just being honest. I go back. Mary, do you do that? You know what? You little... Little shit starter of a good student <laughs> over here. No, I don't do that. You I'm horrible. That? No, wow. she doesn't reread the chapters either. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, I do do that Sorry. sometimes. I have listened back to a couple, but not like this is this great thing that I do and I get two stars for class. Well, because... how about this? I'm going to reframe that and just say you're so much better at it and I just have so much more oh improving to do. And that's why I need to go back and re listen and figure it out because I'm okay. still not doing it well we all just need to just have another drink (laughs) (laughs) so Um, episode two was called how to manage defensiveness yes give it a listen if you haven't heard it in its full format we're going to pull a little clip from it in a second that early episode was about this idea that you and i get defensive as humans and we were looking at some strategies to reduce our defensiveness and also looking at the defensiveness we create in other people not that we do that, but our friends do We that. definitely don't. Yeah. But with this real talk, we kind of want to address, have you been practicing what you preach, right? Mm-hmm. Like, sure. Are you actually using these tools, Meredith? I was more going with, and how bad am I at that and how much <laughs> I need the two of yours help. Yeah, I struggle with practicing what we have preached before and I need some touch up. You know, we, we've talked about some of these relationship things or communication tools. They're like those lights that go off in your car. And right. for me, maybe warning this is a little, this is a little warning light. My tire pressure has been low and I have not been diligent. So I do need some assistance. Right. Is this so, a repeat offender for you, Mary? This one keeps coming up. It does. And we can get into the, the reflecting real talk on the episode. So I can see for me, I'm a repeat offender for certain topics. Um, mm-hmm. One being money, which we can talk about later if we want. Yeah. Money is <laughs> a great topic. A good place to start is to kind of talk about what are some areas where we keep seeing this come up. Okay. Then let's go back to that clip from the episode and talk about the tools. And you might remember that both of you identified what you wanted to work on, as did I, in that episode. So we can kind of circle back and say, how'd that go? Yeah. (laughs) Right. I wrote down who's who committed to doing what. what? So let's talk, let's talk money or whatever else gets people defensive. I for sure would say when it's rooted in something I believe to be true about myself and contradictory Mm -hmm. to that. If I think I'm a good mother or a good neighbor or a good teacher or whatever, and it's around something that is an identity piece for me, of course, I find myself getting defensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I sort of have a question. I 
noticed a topic coming up today, actually, with my husband. It's a conversation that we keep having, and it's kind of about how we allocate our time and maybe who gets more time, sort yeah. of. And I didn't get defensive, but I noticed that I started, well, maybe I was, I started kind of tallying, building my arsenal up a little bit. Oh. I'm going to bring up all of these examples. And I kind of started to think, and we weren't even actually having a conversation. The topic just came up. Oh, I got to get ready and I got to start mm. preparing my evidence together. Yeah, preparing my evidence. Well, we've actually spent this time this way and I've been doing this. Don't you see this great improvement? And is that a part of defensiveness? Oh, I think so. You're, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you're, like you're building up. a defense. You're building like <laughs> a criminal defense, right? Right, right. Yeah. I think it is defensiveness. It's normal, I think, to do that. But as you had pointed out on an earlier episode, when there's a winner, everyone's a loser, right? In yes. relationships. Yes. We attach ourselves too often to logic in relationships. If I have the most evidence, I'll win. That's a logical way to approach something that is never going to be satisfied by that. Yeah. So Taylor wins, Ralph loses, loses, and now we are nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Everyone is hurt. <laughs> right. But I think that's defensiveness for sure. Okay. But I think a real incident did come up and I thought I did just wonderfully. So I would like to say, I think there is some improvement going on. Okay. But let's talk about Meredith first. Yeah. You said money. Uh Uh-huh. So what's the defensive component to that? So I will preface with a small story. So I've made some shifts in my employment. And so I'll be making less for the Mm -hmm. family. So we sat down and we're looking at what are our goals for the future? What are the things that we want to accomplish? I love the way Tommy phrased, he's like, how are we going to build our empire, Meredith? How are we yeah. going to do this? Now that my shift is financially less, feel already that posture. I'm ready to like know how I can show I can contribute or have mm-hmm. contributed or I have shown I've saved this much for us. Or look at you know what I did before you came in my life, mm-hmm. whatever. Like I don't know why I'm already thinking of those things. So one specific thing came up and he brings up Amazon. Before I was with Tommy, I just shared a family Amazon account and he has his own Amazon account and we got married and he's like, why don't you just, why don't you just share Amazon? I don't understand. And I was like, oh, you have to like log out, you know, and I just will just use my families. Oh, I want to hide a present from you that I get you. I don't want you to see it. You know, all these excuses, right? Which yeah. like, to me, those excuses already for me, it's showing I'm defending something. Mm-hmm. And then he says, Meredith, sometimes I'll just ask you and I don't care how much something is. And you'll tell me it's $10 and you know, it's 12. And I was like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And and he's like, is that why you don't want to trade your Amazon account to mine so I can see that? (laughs) Damn. I will say he's, he will laugh with me. He'll be like, was that $12? When something comes, he's not trying to like control how I spend my money. This isn't about that at all. This is right. totally healthy. And I just, I li- remembered our episode and I just said, I am feeling really defensive right now. Yeah. I have to do it out loud. I know in the episode Taylor talks about internally and I'm a preschooler, like with the lesson, I have to say it out loud. Meredith, you are being defensive. <laughs> and I said, I'm feeling actually physically hot and I'm feeling very defensive. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know how to get out of it. And then another little tidbit of that story, he said something like, I bought us something. And I was like, I am feeling defensive because I think we bought that. I'm learning that I focused more on that language, thinking like, oh, I'm helping our communication. You should say we, right? 
but like really, correcting him a little bit. Yeah, but okay. really, I know what he means. He will even say, "You're right." You know, we we purchased this or whatever. We are saving this. But I focused so much on the financial subject of him speaking better, quote right, better language, because I am too scared to get into how defensive I am on this subject. Uh-huh. Because so the answer to defensiveness is to make him defensive. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so that's what I was going back to listening to the episode. And the key you said about this, Dr. K and Gottman says too, right? The key to combat this is to have more information and not less, right? Mm -hmm. So, so to say, I'm feeling this thing. I physically was like, I'm feeling hot. Like (laughs) I am feeling my temperature is rising and I want to over talk what's happening so that I can ward off the fact that I am struggling with the subject uh-huh. rather than actually going, okay. And and I will say I did it. I changed my Amazon account and there's no like <laughs> fights over it or anything, but it took me two years to do that. And that oh, was ridiculous. <laughs> all to so, all 20, just 24 months. It's ridiculous. And you know, what's funny that simply just doing that, I actually notice I don't put like trash things in my cart. I want to be accountable. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. <laughs> anyway, long story. Sometimes we get defensive when there's a kernel of truth in there. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I wrote that right. in my notes. And the, tr- the kernel of truth is the $12 versus the $10. Right. <laughs> so, but you really do do that. And it's, it's tough when we're in that moment and we realize they've got a little piece of it. Yeah, I want to claim my innocence. <laughs> a little kernel of truth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you still give Benja popcorn? Yeah, like the popcorn. <laughs> that's right. When the dog threw up the popcor- popcorn on Pete's shoe. It wasn't me. <laughs> it's hard to hide it, right? It's very hard to hide that. Yeah. So let's listen in on what we previously talked about as some of the features of defensiveness and a couple of the tools that we talked about. When we're defensive, we're discharging pain and discomfort onto other people. Think about how that's related to our trading comfort for growth challenge. We intentionally try to protect ourselves from discomfort. To be defensive is to protect against bad feelings or the possibility of bad feeling. Defensiveness also cuts off the shared meaning in the conversation. When I say something defensive, it inherently stops the developing communication and common understanding between the parties. I would also add that I believe it affects our thinking. If I provide a defensive response, I am likely not thinking clearly about the situation. Instead, I am simply playing defense to escape potential pain. So if defensiveness cuts off communication, the key seems to be the opposite. To combat defensiveness, the answer is likely found in exchanging more information, not less. Yes, you heard me. The key to responding non-defensively is wanting to hear more about the situation rather than less. Now, I know this is hard. Certainly when you're feeling attacked, the last thing you want to do is hear more about the attack. However, if you and I are committed to trading comfort for growth, we have to get used to engaging in moments where it's uncomfortable so we can grow. Let's talk about three strategies that we can use to overcome defensiveness. The first one is to lean into asking questions. This is an interesting strategy. Even though it might be counterintuitive, a key is asking more questions in the moment of feeling attacked. Now, those aren't defensive questions to use against other people. They're actual questions to gain information. Ask about the harm. If you and I believe the message received is the one that counts, then we need to ask about the message received. How did that hurt you? What did I say that created this misunderstanding? 
A second strategy is to ask for a reframe. The Gottman Institute recommends asking the other party to reframe the conversation in order to help it get managed. This is similar to asking for more information, except it's information about the contextual meaning specifically. The Gottman Institute says, and I quote, if your partner is saying something that is triggering, ask them to say it in a different way. Say, I'm feeling defensive when you're saying that. Can you reword your complaint so I can understand your need and explore ways we can meet it? Unquote. Notice their suggestion is that you proceed the request with I'm feeling defensive and then follow it by asking for rewording. Now, the third strategy is personally challenging to me, and that's to take responsibility. John Gottman suggests that we take responsibility when we can, and I would agree with his recommendation. Finding places of agreement is important in relationships. Sometimes owning something can bring about growth and healing. One fact to keep in mind is that we all make mistakes, and taking responsibility is very challenging. But if we're committed to healthy relationships, we have to do it. In that episode, we talked about the different strategies that we wanted to try. And Meredith, you said to ask more questions. Technically, I'm doing better. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then Taylor, you and I said to reframe and say, I'm feeling defensive right now or some other indicator to kind of change how the conversation went, change the trajectory. So this is the checkup. How are we doing? Two things I just want to reflect are protecting yourself against discomfort. Mm -hmm. In my example, and if anyone has ever in their life had an argument with their partner about finances, which I'm sure people have, <laughs> protecting against discomfort, defending yourself against pain is a big one. I could not be this or whatever it is, right? But the big thing for me is if we're defensive, it stops relational development. It was really, really, really hard for me to say I'm feeling defensive <laughs> in that conversation. Yeah. And for me, that was a huge step to more development. And it actually now allows me to have those conversations that we've had recently about budgeting and all this kind of stuff in a way where I can approach it more as a team thing and not be defensive against my teammate mm -hmm. rather than being defensive about myself. So mm -hmm. I said I was going to reframe, but instead I asked questions. <laughs> okay. Like, honestly, this just came up this week and I didn't even know we were doing this topic yet at the time. I was really trying. I'm like, okay, I'm going to practice what we're talking about. Right. And yeah. basically he was kind of saying that maybe sometimes when he talks, he thinks that I don't really care about what he's talking about. Like I don't have interest in his same interests. And so he won't share his interests. And then he says, you know, when you say things like, I didn't tell you something, he's like, it's not because I didn't tell you. It's because I just don't think you really care. It was really easy for me to not get defensive because I know I care. Mm. Oh, well, this is not challenging because I know I care a shit ton. Yeah. So I'm obviously not communicating that I care. I just asked a ton of questions. Well, then mm -hmm. what does it look like to you? And he talked a ton. It was crazy. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm always trying to get this guy to talk more to me. And I guess all I need to do is ask questions and shut up. So. <laughs> That's an easier one to do when you don't believe their accusation is true about you. Yeah. Or you know it's not true. Yeah, but I knew that, that I was communicating that. I am mm -hmm. communicating that I don't care, so I do need to change something. Yeah. But I know I do care, so I don't have to get very defensive about this topic, and mm -hmm. I can just now practice 
how to show I care. The part that gets me more defensive is when that kernel of truth is there. That's actually a valid thing you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I think there yeah. needs to be a little bit of that for me that gets that heightens my temperature. Or heightens oh, my, that raises the I, temperature. I can look at my past and I can say overall, I think I've actually been pretty good with money. I'm not the best, but I've entered this relationship thinking I've been pretty good at it, you know? Mm -hmm. And But then when this, that little thing comes up, because I do have those little $10 versus the $12 or like, <laughs> you know, little things just, why do I, why, why do I do that? And then to get called out is that little, that little kernel that you're saying. I'm trying to improve by 50%. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Cheers, Tay. I like that. A lot of you know that I do mediations. When people get into tight legal situations, they sometimes lash out at the people who are helping them. Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. You yell at the attorney, you yell at the mediator. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So they'll say things like, do you even, are you even listening? Are you even good at mediation? You know, and they'll start to, okay. it's sort of like the drowning person drowns the person trying to save them traditionally. Yeah. 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 Right. It's like the yeah. same kind of concept. When I hear those moments, I know that the kernel of truth isn't there because I'm a fine mediator, but I found a phrase that I can say that I think is really helpful to say to them, tell me what it is you think I'm not hearing because mm. they're getting very demanding. And I find that to be very de-escalating. Mm. So a de-escalating question is key. It sounds like instead of saying, no, I'm a good mediator and defending myself. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's sort of like asking for more information in a way. It's saying, what is it that I'm not hearing? Or what is it that you haven't told me that I need to know? So this Thanks. is sounds like a key to that combating the defensiveness is what you're saying mm -hmm. is not yeah. only asking questions, right? Like that's a lean in, but asking questions that deescalate. So you have to mm -hmm. think about your question. <laughs> well, I usually do tell me what I'm missing. Tell me what I haven't heard. Tell me what you think I don't know. That can be in a really unneutral tone, though. Like, tell me, tell me, come on, tell, tell me what I'm not listening to. I can no, totally do that. No, I usually do the hand on my chest, you know, to, to soften it. I'll say, tell me what, what I'm missing. Tell me what I'm not hearing from you. And people nice. absolutely fill it in. I could do that with such sass. No, you can you do it with sass, but we're trying to de-escalate, right? Yes. No, I need to know this, though. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not trying to piss people off. Because that's the other thing when we talked about, you know, what you don't want to do in defensiveness is instead of getting defensive, you know, burn the house down. Everybody's going to pay, right? Yeah. When somebody blames you for something, the answer is not to blame everyone else for everything. It's what people do sometimes, but. This is a really deep, deeper analogy that I was like anticipating tonight. But yeah, you're saying if this isn't checked quick in yourself, mm -hmm. I could see how it causes a lot more problems. For me, this silly Amazon thing may be a small example for someone out there. If I don't check that, I could see how that could cause other problems unnecessarily. Yeah. Maybe one way to not get defensive and start combating with your list of all the things that they've screwed up would be to speak up when things bother you mm -hmm. and then be able to receive when the person speaks up on their behalf. Mm -hmm. I know that was like a struggle. I would hold on to my arsenal. I think you talk about that. Mm -hmm. Don't ask questions to get ammo. I think I could kind of do that. I would hold on to all of these things that bothered me. So when someone brought something up, I could kind of just like, well, these are all the ways you bother me. <laughs> so let me throw like, all of them on yeah. top of you. And right? instead, bring things up in the moment so it can be addressed then. And then it's not this huge, long, take care of this one incident. And they can bring up something and you don't have to get defensive. If we just are more mm -hmm. honest and more proactive, I guess, in our conversations. I like how you're talking about ammo. Loading up the rifles full of ammo, then it's just going to burst. So then, yeah. 
So instead of handling the defensiveness, we start discharging the suffering onto other people with that ammo, and then we say things we don't mean, and then we have that to deal with as well. And then you got to go through the forgiveness episode. We're talking (laughs) boundaries. There's just so many things if we just hold on to it. For the sake of other people that may be defensive the same way that you are, Taylor, why do you think that's your defensive go-to, like your defensive posture? To even the playing field. So we're trying to protect ourselves from hurt, right? That was the, they were yeah. saying. And yeah. so if I hurt you, then I'm not going to be as hurt because now we're both true. wrong. Right. But, so y- but if you're wrong too, then it, it's less bad that I'm wrong. Help me see if I'm like ingesting this correctly. Yeah. My defensive posture seems to be to deflect. So the financial thing. Oh, can you re- can you actually rephrase or reframe the way you're saying that? So I like deflect like the up to the other person to make changes so that I don't have to deal with my problems. Hmm. Where Taylor's is like she builds up a, a, a evidence against. I'm ready for this battle. Let's you know you want to get into this. Like, but I'm I think ready. it's a deflection as well. It is. It's. It is. It, maybe it's a similar d- defense. It's like, don't pay attention to me. Look at all this area that you're wrong. Yeah, and then we're all losing. Yeah, and everybody's losing. Big loser, yeah. There can be so many people that are listening to this. That's not how I do it. That's not how I do it. The point mm. is we all have it in us to want to protect against discomfort. So yeah. to ask yourself how you're doing that, why you're doing that, and is everybody losing because you're doing it? <laughs> the big thought here that I think needs to be talked about is, are you caring about being right over the relationship? Hmm. Hmm. Sometimes. No, I'm not saying we aren't defensive, but I'm just saying that's the question that happens in that moment. Yeah. Am I going to fight for our relationship or am I going to fight for myself? I'm just being honest. It's really ugly and I hate that I feel that, but sometimes I feel that. Totally. I think that's the big thing to kind of ask yourself, are my relationship goals sitting on the top of my priority list? And it sounds like you worked out the Amazon issue and chose the relationship. It just took a couple of years. It took (laughs) some time. You're right. At the end of the day, I want to choose the relationship. That is such a hard. uh, Yeah. But maybe we're not thinking of it like that, that we're choosing this small thing over a relationship, but Mm -hmm. that's what we're communicating to our partner. See, I think secretly deep down, I knew I was doing what was comfortable for me. I was offered the opportunity a couple times for, for two years. Not in a, not even in a way that was rude. And he even was like, fine, to keep your families if you want. Yeah. Or would be lighthearted. Just tell me how much it really costs. It's not that big a deal. But I would resist because it was too uncomfortable for me to be so vulnerable. <laughs> mm-hmm. When I end up telling him anyway. Yeah. So dumb. Yeah. Okay. D- come on, Dr. K, you do this. Yeah. Where, tell us oh, how I'm offensive, you have- for sure. It's our real talk. Yeah. I think the big one that really irks me the most is if you imply that I'm not good at teaching because it's like a value that I hold because I've devoted so much of my career to it. And you're a fucking good teacher. Well, (laughs) I'm trying to be. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. When you work at something for a very long time, it would be like any craft that people do. This is my 35th year of teaching at a university level. It's not like I'm new to this. And I had somebody come up to me in a teaching environment like a week ago or two weeks ago. And they said, did you really tell this student this thing? And the reason that was defensive producing for me 
was because it was like, you're disgusted. That's pretty different from me thinking I value that profession so much. Right. So it's like, did you really say that? And it wasn't what I said. It was taken that way by that student. And so I was able to clarify it, but the person didn't let me off the hook and it made it more defensive. Mm. So she was like, well, you could have said that, but it sounds like you really think this other thing that everybody knows is wrong. And I was like, wow, I'm getting like really pounded on the identity side. It's hard to stay in this and not do something that would be further unproductive. Hmm. Like so, saying what I think. <laughs> but even when you have all this evidence saying you're a fantastic teacher, you still get defensive when someone. If there was an implication is, of it, it's hard to not get that way. Yeah. When you, when you think. But it's, not, it's not that I don't believe I'm a good teacher. It's just yeah. I don't like that you thought that. Yeah. Mm, about me. That you oh. decided based on so little evidence, you made that conclusion about me and you have the nerve to say it to me. Mm. Yeah. That I think um, is not really the kernel of truth because I don't think there was a kernel of truth there in that particular story. But just this idea that when it's close to the identity, it's a little tougher to manage on the emotional side. Yeah. Okay. So I'll give you another story. This is kind of a funny one for the new mothers. One of our, our kids was sick one time and I decided to take him into the sun. They had Sunday hours and you could go. And if you, the kid was really sick on the weekend, they had like a few hours that the office was open on Saturday and Sunday. And I had the three kids, they were one, three and five at the time. So I have my five-year-old going in there and the doctor says, does he have a rash? And I said, no. And he lifted up his shirt and there was a big rash. And he looked at me like, you don't know he has a rash? And I don't know. I had a lot of children. So I guess I missed the rash. But that kind of a thing, I think it's hard to manage because are you a good mother? Were you paying attention at all? Just like the teaching story, we can get triggered a little bit because we're doing so many important, great mother things mm -hmm. that it's like, you busted me on this little one? Yeah. And now I'm a bad mother? Because he was like, well, did you look at this? Kind of, did you look at all at this? Hmm. Well, clearly I didn't because I said confidently, nope, no rash, just a fever. And that was not the case. No, it makes sense though. So if something feels like it's part of your identity, like I am this, like Taylor's like, I'm a truth teller, right? Yeah. Or I'm, I listen, I pay attention, right? I'm present, whatever that your thing is. I am a good I mom. Care I'm a good about teacher. I care. I'm a, I'm yeah. good at this part of my job. If it yeah. gets to your identity, that's when it's going to be harder to combat your defensiveness. Yeah. And with Dr. K's example, it doesn't matter how much evidence shows that she's a wonderful teacher, but then when that's challenged, it's still hard to not become defensive or maybe get emotionally charged on that topic because it really matters to you. Yeah. Well, and it didn't help how it was presented, brought up like, did you really say this? Are you thing? crazy? But like, that's, are, that's you're not happens. this shitty, are you? You know, <laughs> wow. The tone is just so escalating. Yeah. But that's what happens. So that's that heighten our mm -hmm. defensive posture. It reminds me with your example, when we need to check our one by one, and that's what Dr. Brene Brown references is like a little sheet of paper that's one inch by one inch. And the names of those people that really matter to you, whose opinion or, or yeah, I guess opinion mm -hmm. on my one by one, and it's a pretty short list. And so if cuckoo lady is did you really say this? Yes. Like, oh, is she on my one by one? Do I really need yeah. to put that much effort yeah, into what she thinks, I guess? I think that's a really great comment for defensiveness generally. 
to say, okay, am I on my one by one or not? Because that dictates whether I care about the relationship. Mm. So if they're on the one by one, I want to go immediately to the relational goals and start thinking about, okay, I, what do I want out of this relationship long term? That's going to recalibrate all that emotion and all the fire and the temperature is going to get lower because we'll like say, wait, I want this relationship. I'm not going to get crazy here versus this outsider, right? Yeah. Like someone just shouts something in traffic to you. You're like, all right, cool, man. You don't need to blow up at them. Right. Well, another exercise that I would do, and I've done this before with people is to have a one by one, but also have an eight and a half by 11 and write (laughs) all the people who don't matter. Oh my God. (laughs) That's so savage. No, well, I've done it. I'll tell you who I've done it with. This is a great thing that I've done with people before they get married. Let's identify all the opinions that don't matter and let's put them on a piece of paper. And I've actually had it where we've burned the paper. Oh my gosh. Like in a fireplace or. Yeah. Throw yeah. that in the trash. Oh, <laughs> that's brilliant. The Way level to... of savage that you never knew was coming from the top. No, but talks seriously, just entered the room. A great way to get through wedding planning because there are so many opinions. Just yeah, or it. anything that has the emotional charge potentially. Yeah. And here's what it really is. It's really actually boundary management personally for you to say, okay, these people matter. I've figured them out. They're on the one by one. And all these other people want to be on the one by one or think they're on it and they're not. And let's identify them specifically and let's actively put them away so that when they do offer that unsolicited advice or that extra commentary or that thing that makes me want to be defensive and let's realize they were in the fireplace. I love that. And we should probably do that together. Next time we see each other, we should probably... Let's do it. Have a little fire. I'm visual. So I I was just doing this when you were talking and I would write like a square and write one and one. If I'm in like a hard place, even do that Mm -hmm. just to remind myself or even just draw a little square on your wrist. Or if you know you're going to go into someplace hard, you know, you're going to get into a defensive, hard conversation. Yeah. And Brene will tell you she hides hers in her wallet. Nobody gets to see it. I like that. And I kind of like that as well, because I like the idea that it belongs to you. Yeah. It's your goals, your priorities, and no one gets to decide who's on your one by one, just you. I like that. One last thing I wrote in my notes was the goal. What's the goal to help stop defensiveness? It seems like defensiveness is saying, it's not me, it's you. You're the problem. That's like the like the deflection. Yeah. Okay. I was writing my notes like with this Amazon budgeting finance conversation. Wow. So the real problem was actually me. Oh, damn. It's dealing with myself. No, I think that just to kind of wrap up, it's about getting real in those moments and accepting the truth that we're getting from the people that we care about, the people on the one by one, thinking through what do I want to own? Where do I want this relationship to go? And what can I do that will de-escalate this situation mm-hmm. without harming the shared intersubjective knowledge of the parties? So you're not going to like clam up and go away and do these things that will be destructive to the communication. How can we stay in it and get it turned around to productive? And that's just the big personal challenge. And we'd probably want to also acknowledge in that everyone's going to have this problem. This is not a, you're not going to outsmart it and go, I just don't really do defensiveness. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody's got it. It's a real thing. And so with that said, it's just about deciding how you want to be. Mm Mm-hmm. And realizing that if if you can reduce the defensiveness and if you can put yourself in a position where you're not escalating, you have a way better shot at those relationship goals. 
once again, thank you for joining us today. Please remember to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. And thank you for listening to Asking for a Friend. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Our email is hello at afafpodcast.com. This show is for educational purposes only and is copyrighted. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting. Thanks for listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Talk.